Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Oh 
anybody grateful? Yeah, God has been good to us. He's been good to us. Thank you. It just bubbles over. Matthew chapter 6. How very appropriate. Just the B part. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. The B part of verse 13. Matthew chapter 6. So I don't forget uh don't forget tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at Apex Church if you still want to be a part of a concert of prayer choir. It's not too late. Uh, you have one more uh, opportunity to get on in there and sing with us. Uh, don't forget those who are already in the choir, you're supposed to bring somebody with you tomorrow night to a a Apex Church at 5200, I think it is, Far Hills Avenue uh, at 7 o'clock. Also, uh, since last we were together, uh, Mother Winston became a great-grandmother. And Deacon and Sister McClure became grandparents. And Mr. and Mrs. Christopher and Jasmine Gordon became parents. I did it in order of importance. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You're first. Good. All right. In keeping with our theme this year, transforming lives through organic worship, we've been looking at the concept of prayer as a form of worship. We've learned that true spiritual worship is not the slow song after the fast song during that 20-minute period at the beginning of service. Biblical worship is not the part where we tear up our faces and cry. Real worship is not the flip side of praise, as it were. Real worship, true spiritual worship, is the presentation of ourselves for the Master's use. It's the presentation of our bodies for his service. As Paul put it, I beseech you, I beg you, I urge you, brothers and sisters, based on the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Real worship is all about submitting to God. Real worship is all about humbling ourselves before him. Real worship says, not my will, but thy will be done. That's what our prayers should be based on. For too long, we have prayed selfish prayers that attempt to line God's will up with ours. But real, genuine, biblical, worshipful prayer is not to make God line his will up with ours, but to line our will up with his. It is not to instruct God. It's not to tell him what he needs to do. 
It's not even to inform him as if he doesn't already know what we need. When we pray, we are saying, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's prayer as worship. And to guide us through this study, we've been taking a look at the model prayer. We are studying, studying Matthew's account of what the Lord taught his disciples. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And at last, we come to the final phrase in this prayer lesson. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, in many versions... Uh, this phrase is not included. If you have the New International Version, if you have the New Living Translation, if you have the English Standard Version of the Bible, you won't see that phrase in there. It is omitted because they say that the phrase is not found in all of the original manuscripts. But I'll let theologians and scholars argue about where it belongs. I'm going with the King James on this one. This final phrase, scholars refer to it as the doxology of this prayer. That's just a big academic word that refers to a hymn or form of words that contains praise to God. So we see that this model prayer starts with praise and ends with praise. It starts with our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It starts with adoration. And it ends, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It ends with adoration. That's a little curious to me uh, because I am, I'm, I'm curious as to why this instruction on prayer would need to include an ending in praise. I mean, after all, let's be real, the Lord does not need our praise. Whether we praise him or not, he's still God. Whether we give it to him or not, he's still worthy. I mean, according to the word, he's got a whole host of angels that praise him day and night. He doesn't really need our praise. Even the floods clap their hands, the Bible says. The hills rejoice. The heavens declare the glory of God. In, in other words, when the sun shines, it speaks of his glory. When the moon uh, glows, it speaks of his glory. When the stars twinkle, they're praising him. Everything breathing really praises him. The birds sing to give him praise. The dogs bark to give him praise. The cats meow to give him praise. The cows moo to give him praise. The lions roar to give him praise. The hyenas laugh to give him praise. The gorillas grunt to give him praise praise, the mouse squeaks to praise God, and even though the trees don't have mouths because they have respiration and they breathe, they just wave their hands. God doesn't really need our praise to be who he is, but as part of his creation, the least we can do 
as those who owe our existence to the Father, the least we can do is join with all the rest of creation and give unto him the glory that's due unto his name. I mean, considering all that he has done for us, the very least we can do is give him the praise that he deserves. I was, I don't mean any harm to anybody, but I was, I was talking, I was talking to a pastor, uh, and he grew up in a church. His father was the pastor there, and it was high church. You know, it was, it was, it was high. Church. They were sophisticated people. Uh, they were educated and they were refined, and they didn't make a lot of noise in church. There was not much visible or audible praise. As a matter of fact, his father, the pastor, got up and told them once, "God does not need your applause." And there may be some people from the same school who are among us this morning. If you'll allow me to speak to you for just a minute, sophisticated saint. God may not need our applause. He may not need our clapping. He may not need our shouting. He may not need our dancing. He may not need our singing. He may not need our waving. He may not need our praise at all. But one thing is for sure, he sure is worthy of it. Has God done anything for anybody that deserves at least a thank you. I mean, all we did last week for a child was give a few dollars to his football team and he had sense enough to write back and say thank you. If God has brought you over, if God has put you through some dark valleys, if then we ought at least to have enough sense. Thank you. I got eight more pages. I can't get caught up right here. Jesus teaches us when we talk to the Father, when we call on his name, there just ought to be some praise that goes with it. But it's not for the reasons that many of us think. Uh, it's not because he needs it. It's not even to get him to do what we want. Uh, praise is not the grease that helps our prayers slide through. Praise is not the payment that we make so that the Lord will hear us. I want to offer that one of the reasons that these words are found at the end of this prayer is to remind us simply that God is able. And that's all I want to preach about for just a little while today. God is able. That's good news for somebody in this sanctuary right now. The fact that God is able ought to help somebody to keep on running just a little further. Whatever the problem, he can fix it. Whatever the yoke, he can destroy it. Whatever the sickness, he can heal it. Whatever it is you've been praying about, I just came to tell you today, God is able. See, we treat this phrase 
like it's a standalone phrase. But if you look at the text, there is a connecting conjunction which ties this phrase to the rest of the prayer. It says, for thine is the kingdom. That word for just means because. In other words, I can pray everything I just prayed. I can ask you for what I just asked you for. I can come to you in confidence because yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. I can call you Father in heaven because the kingdom is yours. I can ask you to give me what I need today because the power is yours. I can ask you to forgive me. I can ask you to deliver me because the glory is all yours. According to the text, there are three attributes of God, three possessions that remind us that God is able. First of all, his sovereignty reminds us that he is able. His sovereignty. It's in the text, for thine is the kingdom. That word in the original text literally means royal power, kingship, dominion, rule. In other words, he's in charge. He runs things and he does it alone. He's sovereign. He's in full control. He's not sharing the power with the devil. He is the only wise God. The Bible calls him the blessed and only potentate. In other words, he's the boss. He's the overseer, the monarch, the general, the dictator. He's the head. He's in charge. He doesn't share his power. Uh, it's not like Satan has some power and God has some power and they are wrestling to see who will win. No, he's all powerful. He does what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, for as long as he wants to, he's sovereign. First Chronicles 29, 11, and 12. Y'all know, you've heard it before. Yours, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and all the earth, yours is the dominion, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. You rule over all, and in your hand is power and might, and it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Exodus 15, 8, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. Psalm 95 says he's the great king above all gods. 1 Timothy 1, 17 calls him the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God. To him be honor and glory forever. All I'm trying to tell you is that the kingdom is his. He's in charge and he doesn't have to ask anybody's permission to do anything. Did you hear what I said? He's in charge. And he doesn't have to ask anybody's permission to do anything. I'm going to say that one more time. He's in charge. And doesn't have to ask anybody's permission to do anything. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know that we heard some preacher somewhere say that your praise gives God permission to work on your behalf. Listen, God didn't need permission to get you here. He showed him need permission to work on your behalf. When 
do well to remember that God is in charge. And then you can pray like it. When we talk to our Father, we are talking to the one to whom the kingdom belongs. We pray to our God. And when we do, we are praying to the one who is in charge. When you know that your daddy is in charge, your conversation changes a little bit. We spend a lot of time talking to people and to things that don't have power to make a change. Uh, we go around sharing with everybody everything. And now we get on Facebook and post all our business everybody know exactly how we feeling all day every day and then wonder why everybody always in my business <laughs> it's hilarious it's hilarious to me I'm sorry <laughs> talking to people who can't do a thing about it who can't do a thing about the situation I, listen I need to go to the one I need to talk to the one who's in charge uh, let me see if I can help you uh, to, to understand. A couple weeks ago, Minister Chris and I, we were in New Orleans, right? We were attending the, the National Baptist Convention, and our first night there uh, in our hotel was supposedly the number one seafood joint in all of New Orleans, right? Uh, <laughs> supposed to be the best seafood joint in New Orleans. When we arrived, we went to the hostess stand, and we talked to her. And she led us to our table, and we sat down, and soon we were greeted by our server. And we talked to her. We told her what we wanted to drink, and we ordered. Chris ordered red beans and rice, and I ordered steak, filet mignon. And then we waited. And waited. And waited. And finally... After an hour, our server comes back and says, I'm sorry, sir, we're out of red beans and rice. Have y'all been looking? What have you been doing for an hour? To just now come out and tell us that you couldn't find any, any red beans and rice. And so um, I look at Chris. I said, Chris, you want to just go some, let's just go someplace else. He said, no, it's okay, Pastor. He looked at the server. He said, well, what about his food? And she said, oh, it's done. And I'm sitting there in shock looking at her like y'all looking at me. And Chris said, well, just bring his food. So the, the server brought me the steak, which I had asked to be cooked somewhere between medium and medium well. I want to see some pink, but I don't want to see any blood. She brings me the steak, and I cut into it, and it said, Moo! Um, ma'am, I think. 
think y'all forgot to kill this cow first. So needless to say, our dining experience was ruined. And at that point, we were facing a dilemma. What were we going to do or what was somebody else going to do to make this right? At this point, I didn't need to talk to the hostess. Not a thing you can do for me. At this point, I'm not interested in speaking to the server. You're the one who brought us this bad news an hour late in the first. Ain't nothing you can. I want to talk to the one who's in charge. Only the manager, only the owner can make this right. What are you saying, Reverend? When everything is breaking loose in your life, when your world seems to be caving in, you need to talk to somebody who can do something about it. Isn't it good to know that the God we serve is the King of Kings? Isn't it good to know that he's in charge? He can handle what nobody else can handle. He can fix what nobody else can fix. He can heal what nobody else can heal. He can restore what nobody else can restore. He can repair what nobody else can repair. He can make new. He is in charge. Yours is the kingdom. The, the hostess was powerless. The server, powerless. But the manager came out and said, Pastor, I'll tell you what, let us make this right. No. We're going. Thank you so much. We've been here an hour and a half already. We're good. She said, well, come back tomorrow, and your whole meal will be on me. Just ask. Come, wait, listen. She said, just say my name. Y'all Y'all never hear what I'm trying to say. She was trying to give me a sermon right there. She said, when you come back in, just say my name because now we know each other. I couldn't wait till dinner time the next day. I went right to the hostess saying, I'm a guest of Bethany. And we were seated and we ordered and within a few minutes our food was hot and on the table and right. All I'm Whatever you ask in my name. All right, we got it, we got it, all right. Yours is the kingdom, yours is the kingdom, all right. Not only is there a glimpse of his sovereignty, not only is there a glimpse of his sovereignty, but number one, number two, we're also reminded of his ability. We're reminded of his ability. For thine is the kingdom and the power. That power 
That word power is dunamis. You've heard that before. Uh, his inherent power based on who he is. It speaks of his strength and ability. It's a reminder of this power to perform miracles. It's a reminder of the influence that he has because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. It refers to the power that rests with the one who commands legions of angels, the Lord of hosts, the one who is strong enough to move mountains. Thine is is the power. When we pray, we ought to keep in mind that we are talking to the one who has the power, the kind of power that could speak into nothing out of nowhere and create a whole world using nothing but himself. The kind of power that laid the foundations of the earth. The kind of power that marked off its dimensions. The kind of power that fixed the boundaries of the oceans and said this far and no further. The kind of power that wraps himself in light. That cut a channel for the rain and a path for the, for the, the thunderstorm. The kind of power that stretched out the heavens like a curtain. The kind of power that makes the clouds his chariot the kind of power that walks on the wings of the wind the kind of power that raised Jesus from the dead the same power is at work when we call on his name would you look at somebody and encourage them tell them God is able He's, he's, there's nothing he can't do. Is there anything too hard for God? His sovereignty reminds me that he's able. His ability reminds me that is able. We, try, we keep trying to give him stuff to work with. God doesn't need anything to work with. When you are everything, you don't need anything outside of who you are to work it out. And then finally, I'm, I'm, I'm just about done. His glory reminds me that God is able. For thine is the kingdom, that's his sovereignty, and the power, that's his ability, and the glory. That word glory there means doxa. That's where we actually get the term doxology, right? D-O-X-A is the word, and it means splendor. It means brightness, his magnificence, his excellence, his preeminence, his kingly majesty, his absolute perfection reminds me that he's able. It's just a reminder that God is so much God that he can take even the worst situation and still come out with splendor and brightness and magnificence and excellence that whatever it is, the Lord knows how to get the glory out of it. It's, it's his way of putting his own excellence on display. 
it's his way of highlighting his own kingly majesty. His absolute perfection. It's the realization, hear me please, that we can pray in confidence because whatever it is will turn out for our good and for God's glory. Would you help me preach this so I can come on in and go over to Bradfield's? Tell somebody whatever it is, it's working for your good and God's glory. I didn't say whatever it is is good because even the stuff that does not seem good is working for our good and for his glory. God, how in the world could you take this and work it for my good and for your glory? Listen, I can't explain how he does what he does. All I know is God is able to do anything and he can take even the worst of situations and work it together with something else for your good and his glory. I like how the psalmist put it. It's one of my favorites. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river. The streams whereof make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he's made in the earth. He makes wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He cuts the spear in sunder. He burns the chariot in fire. Here it is right here. Be still. No. That I am God, I will be exalted among the heathen. I, I will be exalted in all the earth. Can I put it in Winston translation? I will get the glory. Whatever it is, I'm going to put myself on display. I am going to make you see how glorious I am. You've been wondering why you're in the situation that you're in, I gotta tell you, it may not have been the devil. It just might be God looking for an opportunity to put himself on display in your life. I'm not trying to mess with anybody's theology, but God will be exalted. And he'll be exalted among the heathens, among those who talked about you, among those who said you were out of your mind. 
among those who said you must be crazy. You think you have faith, but you really are just foolish. I will be exalted among the heathens. I will be exalted in all the earth. I will put myself on display. I know you don't like being sick, but it's only God putting on display that he's a healer. I know you didn't like going through, but it was only God putting on display that he's a deliverer. I know you didn't like feeling like you were losing your mind, but it was God putting on display that he's a mind regulator. I know you didn't like it when man broke your heart, but it was only God putting on display that he's a heart fixer. If you ask Daniel, he'll tell you God gets the glory. He'll point to a den of lions. If you ask the Hebrew boys, they will point to a fiery furnace. If you ask Noah, he'll point to an ark. If you ask Moses, he'll point to the Red Sea. If you ask Joshua, he'll point to Jericho. If you ask Jesus, he'll point to an old rugged cross and he'll point you to an empty grave. If you ask Sam, I'll tell you, God is able to lift up a bowed down head. Yes, God is able to move mountains out of your way. Yes, God is able to make your enemies shut up. Yes, God is able to comfort your heart. As a matter of fact, if you ask your neighbor, your neighbor will tell you, God will get the glory out of things that seem awful. If you ask your neighbor, God will tell you that he will pick you up, he will turn you around, and he will place your feet. If you ask your neighbor, they'll tell you God has a way of getting the glory out of your life. Have you any rivers that seem uncrossable? Have you any mountains that you cannot tunnel through? I just want to tell you, God specializes in things impossible, and He can do, and He can do, and He can do, and He can do. What no other. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory. Hallelujah. 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 That's the praise. Thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, 
Thine is the glory. Hallelujah. No, you don't get it. Not, not thine shall be the kingdom. Not thine shall be the power. Not thine shall be the glory. No, the kingdom is yours now. The power is yours now. The glory is yours now. That's why I won't wait until the battle is over. I can shout now because the kingdom is his now. I can shout now because the power is his now. I can shout now because the glory is his now.
and the power and the glory. What we're saying is, God is able. That's why we come to him in confidence. That's we come boldly before the throne of grace because we know he can fix it. He's able. Y'all get it? And let the church say amen. Just take a second, just take a second and look around the sanctuary. Would you just, just scan the sanctuary? Just, just take your time and scan the sanctuary because I want you to see something. There's lots of people in here. There, and what you're looking at is hundreds of examples. Hundreds of testimonies that God is able. Some of the stuff that people have been through in here would blow your mind. But they're still sitting here. They survived. Because God is able. Ms. Marsha, I didn't mean any embarrassment when I, when I called you out, but I got to tell you, when you told me last week, 20 years, when I looked at you, when I see you, what I see is God is able. Miss <laughs> Jeanette, when I look at you, what I see every week, is that God is able. Brother Reggie, I, I was there at the hospital when your heart stopped. When I look at you, what I see is God is able. after what I know some of you been through I just look at you and I see that God is able and then when I get to my go through what happens in my mind is a parade of witnesses come on let me be for real for a minute Mr. Denise when my father went home to be with the Lord you know what I looked at you and I said Denise's dad went home to be with the Lord and she's still here you can make it you see what I'm saying you get it yeah alright we're going to stop right there we're going to stop right we're going to stop right there we're going to pray for each other one more time Ms. Barr, it's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. God is able.
Thank you for your continued generosity. Your financial contributions help to transform lives, to reveal the glory of God's kingdom. For your convenience, you can use the Giveify app on your smartphone, the Cash app, or if you're in the Dayton, Ohio area, you may drop off your contribution at the Mount Calvary Church at the address shown. Thank you for worshiping virtually with us today. We look forward to being able to worship together in person soon. Until then, in the words of Pastor Sam, just live.